0: Hello, I'm Dr. Doris Forte, and it's such a pleasure to welcome you back to the Visionarium podcast, where ordinary people gain extraordinary vision. If this is your first time here, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Today, we will be discussing episode six in the series called Get Brainwashed. This is the final episode in this series, and for those of you who are joining us for the first time, just know that you can listen to previous episodes at any time by either going to our website, which is InsideTheVisionarium.com, or on your favorite podcast app. My focus today will be on sharing some tried and true methods that can change our personal narratives from negative to positive so that once we do get brainwashed we can keep it clean. So let's dive inside the Visionarium. Last week we plunged into those piles of mental and emotional clutter and began the ruthless task of dumping the negative chatter from our lives. Now that you've taken those steps of actually sifting through the piles of mental and emotional clutter, you may have noticed that it's much easier said than done. Right? Those pesky little thoughts don't give up that easily. Despite your courageous, ruthless work, from time to time you may still be annoyed by the stench of stinking thinking. That habit of stinking thinking didn't happen overnight. It happened as a result of long term repetitive negative affirmation repeating the same negative self talk over and over and over and over time these seeds of self-limiting self-doubting self-sabotaging negative self-talk took root in the fertile soil of our subconscious mind and gave birth to the negative self-limiting narrative or life script in which we find ourselves cast in the role of leading lady or leading man of our own lives your thoughts became things and this is nothing new there's a book that's been out a long time by James Allen I think it was published in 1903 maybe it's called as a man thinketh and in the Bible, in in the book of Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart so be he. But the good news is that you are not your thoughts. You are the one who is thinking the thoughts. You are the thinker. Think about that. Do you know what that means? It means that we thought our way into this mess, we can think our way out of it. So today I want to share with you some ways to flip the script. These negative life scripts. And the first way is by taking a look at our preconceived notions. Our narratives have become so familiar to us that we don't even give them a second thought anymore. They've become ingrained in our self-descriptives about who we are, in our narratives or opinions about who we are. And it's like a filter that we look through when we look at our world or when we gauge our behavior. Let me give you an example. Let's say a friend really hurt you by betraying a trust. They let you down at a pivotal moment in time. And so you formulated the mindset that you can't trust anybody. Friends are always going to stab you in the back. And we've just got to be very careful whenever we hear ourselves saying words like never, ever, everybody, all the time. Because this is an indication that we are beginning to solidify our opinions about what happened our negative feelings into scripts or narratives that will become our storylines. This is a very insidious process. We don't even notice it happening. And once it forms and congeals, this habit is very hard to break. So we need to begin to pay attention to what we're thinking especially now that we've begun to clean up this mess. We can see those thoughts a lot easier than we used to and we need to pay attention to them. We need to watch our words and challenge them. For example, maybe you are now at an age where you want to fall in love but you're having a hard time meeting someone that can offer genuine companionship and love. And you've been disappointed. You might have tried online dating and it just didn't work out. So you've come to the conclusion that after a certain age, it just won't happen. That love is not going to happen, say, after age 65. This is the time when you must consciously detach yourself from a limiting belief and challenge yourself. Just flat out challenge yourself. Do you know anybody who's in love after age 65? Have you seen any couples on TV, in the newspaper, in a tabloid, in the grocery store? Anywhere. Can you do an internet search for couples who fell in love after age 65? Anything that you can do to challenge that limiting belief before it takes root in your mind is beneficial to your well-being and once you find it be ready and willing to flip the script and don't buy into that. There is another category that needs to be flipped. It's called the infected life story. Something happens and it's so doggone painful that we build up an entire narrative around that one event A whole mini-series. You get fired from a job and your career careens into financial ruin and public humiliation, the whole nine yards, and you come to the scenario that life is not fair. You tell yourself things like, I can never get a fair break in this career track. In this country, whatever script your pain is causing you to write, and for you to star in the leading role of in your life needs to be challenged. You need to flip the script. And in these cases of infected life stories, where the pain is so deep and is spread so fast to so many areas of your life and well-being, you're gonna have to take a deep dive and go on an expedition to glean a silver lining, a nugget of wisdom something that will inspire you to take another look at the situation through a more positive filter. Had it not been for that untimely, painful dismissal, you may never have considered starting a nonprofit organization for people who are in similar situations as you are now. Or maybe you wouldn't have written that book that led to speaking engagements all over the country or began that blog, or began a career of motivational speaking in workshops or podcasting. This is what is called spiritual rejuvenation. Giving new life and new purpose out of something that arose from despair, and turning that infected life script into something more positive. By its very nature, a narrative is something that should be shared. Our stories are meant to be shared. That's what a narrative is. And sharing our stories with others who are capable of listening actively and demonstrating empathy empowers us and heals us and teaches us how to be the same loving way towards others. It helps us move away from that painful past and flip the script and begin to enjoy a more positive future. So we challenge ourselves. We challenge what we're saying to ourselves. We become willing to dive back in and look for another point of view, another possibility. And in doing so, we rejuvenate ourselves spiritually. And we become willing to speak our truth, to believe that our story, no matter what it is, is powerful to ourselves and potentially to others. There's an expression called GIGO, G-I-G-O. It stands for garbage in, garbage out. If we put garbage into our minds, we're going to get garbage out. And likewise, if we put good things in, we'll get good things out. It may sound somewhat childish and idyllic and too good to be true, but I happen to believe in it, and I know that it is true. I'm going to tell you a story about my swimming pool. We'll call it the swimming pool story. When my kids were little, I thought it would be fun to have a swimming pool, so I had one put in, and it was fun. It was the recreational center of our family, birthdays, all kind of celebrations. In the summertime, the kids were amphibious. They stayed in the pool more than they stayed on land. But after they left home, had kids of their own and swimming pools of their own, I've been thinking about getting rid of that swimming pool for some time. After Hurricane Harvey, when I was rebuilding everything again, I spoke with my contractor about what it would take to have that swimming pool filled in. All I had to do was just have my landscaper fill it in with dirt, disconnect a few wires, and and we did that. And I decided during that time that it was settling that I was going to plant an organic farm where the swimming pool had been. I had something in mind and I was going to plant all kinds of things, mustard greens, cauliflower, cabbage, rainbow Swiss chard. And I invited a friend over one weekend who knew a lot about gardening and we planted seeds. I would water every few days and I waited. It had plenty of sunshine because the pool was positioned in the area of the yard where the sun was. And that first season of gardening I got nothing but weeds. Not one single vegetable. So I started asking questions and I learned that it was because I had not prepped my soil prepped my soil. I didn't even know what that was but I learned. Prepping the garden soil is a whole thing. It wasn't enough to just fill the swimming pool up with dirt and then drop a few seeds in there. I needed to prepare the soil by amending it with organic matter and adding a little sand for drainage and nutrients. Not to mention that i needed to plant the right seeds at the right time so i learned everything i learned it all i learned everything i needed to know about organic farming in agricultural region 9a which is where houston texas is located and i planted my seeds again for the next season and oh my goodness i can't tell you how beautiful that garden was it was the most magnificent thing that i've ever seen I wanted to plant an organic farm. I needed to prep the soil. When I did that, the results were beyond amazing. If I planted one cucumber seed, I didn't just get one cucumber. I got dozens and dozens of cucumbers. The same thing with squash and sugar snap peas and okra. Beauty in, beauty out. So, if we consider our mind a garden that, when properly prepped, has the capacity to yield a bountiful harvest of whatever our heart desires, what are you willing to prep your mind for? Whatever you're prepping your mind for, getting brainwashed, getting rid of the negative, mental, and emotional clutter is a strong first step. When you get brainwashed, you stop watering the weeds. I was watering weeds. And Mary, Mary, quite contrary. How does your garden grow? Growing a garden is a very principled process. And there are principles that have to be in place for it to work. Just like we're going to have to exercise some principles In order to persist through this brainwashing process. We're gonna have to be patient. We're gonna have to wait. There was all kind of stuff going on below the surface when I put that seed in the ground, but the seed itself is a whole ecosystem. That one little seed is capable of maturing into a full-grown plant that then bears fruit that contains seeds that can be planted again. It is an amazing process, but can you imagine that this takes time? So for us to reap the benefits of this process, we've got to hunker in, do the work, and be prepared that it's going to take time, because it will. And it takes persistency or consistency, however you want to look at it. I mean, I could watch those seeds every day, and I would see nothing happening. And then all of a sudden, it took on a life of its own. There was a routine that I had to get involved in. I had to repeat it, repeat, repeat. I had to be willing to get out there every day and do a little work, pull a few weeds. And it'll be the same thing with you pulling these negative, recurring, stinking, thinking thoughts out of your head. If you find yourself beginning to think about them, interrupt yourself. Just like you interrupt that life cycle of a weed, just interrupt yourself. Stop the thought in mid-sentence. And do something else. Do not complete the thought. Stop watering the weeds. Pampering is a principle that will really reward you in this process. Self-care is another term for that. And I want to interrupt myself right now to give a shout out to Callie Arcandis. I was doing some research for this podcast online, and I came across some very interesting worksheets. And looking at the worksheets led me to a website that had all, it was a cornucopia of self-care, a blog that had articles about the very same things that we've been learning here and there was a shop that had all kinds of beautiful items that we could use to treat ourselves with care and love. And it, it was just the most amazing website that I'd seen in a while. So I wrote the author of that website an email and asked permission to use some of the worksheets. And the generosity of spirit that was offered to us is indescribable. The name of the website And it will be in the After Images section of Inside the Visionarium. But Callie's website is called 3dsuccess.org. If you go to 3dsuccess.org, she has given the Visionarium podcast listeners a discount to the worksheets, the library that she's built there. Just go sign in and take a look. If you get there, just tell Callie I said hi and thanks again. I think you'll really benefit from looking at that website. Pampering and self-care is a very important part of this process because what you're doing is not easy and it can invoke a feeling of being traumatized again as you relive some of that, but by staying mindful and in the moment and knowing that you're not reliving it again, you're getting rid of it and then you're taking care of yourself will make it a lot easier. I think that being prayerful is another thing that will help and I'm not talking about that in a religious sense at all. I'm talking about it in a very mindful sense. In the same sense that I speak to you at the end of every episode when I encourage you to remember to focus on your dreams. Take the time to go there with your dreams and think about them. The things that are in your heart. Consider that your garden and that's an area that you're going to meticulously manicure and keep clean so that when you're in your garden you're in your secret place you don't have to share those dreams with anyone that's your secret and how they materialize is your mystery you just need to nurture them and acknowledge that they are important to you focusing on your goals and your dreams and practicing mindfulness is a type of meditation and it's something that is well worth doing for yourself. I also came across some interesting apps that you can access that will coach you through breathing exercises, some cognitive behaviors and some of them are free, some of them are not and they all had trial periods where you can decide whether or not that's something that benefits you. So don't rule out technology as you learn to take care of yourself and groom your mind for more positive input. So don't rule out technology, it's amazing stuff out there. Be willing to be a beginner every single day. Greet the day with a sense of newness. There is a word in Zen Buddhism called Shoshin that I came across a few years ago. Shoshin means to Have a beginner's mind. It refers to having an attitude of openness and eagerness and a lack of preconceived notions when studying a subject. Even studying something that's advanced. Just having a beginner's mind in doing so. My mantra, my personal mantra, and I probably say this several times a week, is I don't know nothing about nothing. I don't know nothing about nothing. Technically, it may not be true, but I believe that there's always more to learn because life keeps revealing its mysteries to me, and so I remain open and willing to be amazed by life. I welcome that. I look forward to it. I need that. So as I share my experience with you, I do so with full humility, knowing that I don't know nothing about nothing. I just have hope that what I do share with you based on what I have experienced and what has helped me can somehow inspire and encourage you and strengthen you in your life in some way. That's all I know. I also know that I love being around my grandkids because they believe in all possibilities. They are so present and so open and willing and imaginative that I could just breathe them in because being with them is rejuvenating for me and it opens my mind and encourages me to look at life with fresh eyes just like a beginner we have to keep this in mind too that we're forming new habits as we're getting rid of old ones you're getting rid of the habit of negative and emotional clutter hoarding those thoughts and you're forming new habits and it will not be a linear process. There will be setbacks and <laughs> there will be zigzags. That's just the way that life is. There are very few straight lines in nature, except maybe the horizon and that's not even straight. We're just looking at it from a very isolated perspective. Life is wonderful. It requires a lot of attention to detail. Deweeding, watering our dreams, feeding them. Positive affirmations can be very effective in offsetting the negative affirmations that we have allowed to accumulate in our minds. That persistent negative mental and emotional chatter is negative affirmation and positive affirmations can offset that. Positive affirmations work in a very powerful way. So powerful in fact that I began to use them in my practice when I was still working as an optometrist. I had a list of hundreds of positive affirmations and we would print them out on colored paper and then cut them into little strips, fold them up and put them in a crystal bowl on the counter. And on the way out or in, my patients would grab a few positive affirmations. And it became such a popular part of my practice that patients would show up for their positive affirmations even on days when they didn't have an appointment. So I have put that list of positive affirmations that I've shared with so many people in the after image section on the website inside the visionarium.com along with the link to 3dsuccess.org and I would encourage you to go online, download them print them out and keep some close by. Keep a few in your pocket to share with a friend or a stranger. I was looking at that list of positive affirmations and came across a few of them that specifically had to do with letting go and I thought I would share them with you because that's what we're doing. We're letting go of mental and emotional clutter and we are acknowledging that while this process is not easy, it's very doable and these affirmations may help you. They're also on that list. Failure is an opportunity to begin again more intelligently. New beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. Nothing in the universe can stop you from letting go and starting over. The beginning is the most important part of the work. Your life does not get better by chance. It gets better by change. Let's forget the baggage of the past and start fresh. No matter how hard the past is, you can begin again. Celebrate endings for they precede new beginnings. Don't live the same year 75 times and call that a life. Rather than turning the page, sometimes it's much easier to just throw the book away. To greet a lovely morning, we must leave the night behind. So, in coming to the end of this episode, I wish you much success, and I know you'll have it in getting brainwashed. Please drop me a line if there's anything I could do to help. You can always contact me at thevisionariumpodcast at gmail.com, or you can also leave me a comment on the website at insidethevisionarium.com, and I will reply. Don't forget to go to After Images for your gifts. Thank you for tuning in today and for listening. Thank you for listening through this whole series. It's been a joy. And as always, if you have any comments or questions about this episode or any ideas for upcoming episodes, please drop me a line. My email address again is Podcast at gmail.com. As a Visionarium Podcast listener, you can help us grow our community of listeners by inviting a friend to tune in as well, and I thank you for that. So until we meet again, remember to focus on your dreams, because you got to have a dream to make a dream come true. See you soon!